0: Hello and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil... And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we are back to doing target reviews again. And this week we are doing the fifth Doctor story, The Awakening. Uh, but first let's have a tiny bit of news, because that's all we can bring you this week. After being away for a couple of weeks <laughs> <there> <laughs> yeah, is, nothing happened. Nothing happened, nothing happened. Well, I, I think to start off with, there has been sort of like a couple of interviews, isn't there? Uh with Peter Capeldi in, in the various Press outlets and whatever, yes. Um, but we're not going to discuss them. No, no, um, because we think there could be. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want too much news. <laughs> no, we don't want too much news. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's, there's potential for spoilers in there. Really, mate. You know, I think so. Sort of, you know, it might not be to some people. It might might be to others. So we, we don't want to annoy anyone with this one, do we? No, I, I followed one trial that was the Metro. That was, this is just
1: free newspaper and. Yeah, in the mornings, that was then quoting the mirror, and I
0: thought that's a reliable source, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's got to be a bona fide story with that sort exactly, of history. exactly. So, um, but then there's one thing in that mirror article we wanted to steer clear of, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, so um, which we want to save until the series. So, again, spoilery, see, it could mm. be spoiler, very, very spoilery. So, uh, so we're going to steer clear of that. So, if you're expecting us to, to uh, discuss. It's all little sound bites that Capaldi's come out with over the previous few weeks, you're gonna be very much disappointed. <laughs> yeah, so we're not gonna talk about Clara's
1: death at all, are we? No, we're, we're
0: not, not, no, no, no. Or um Osgood being a permanent companion. Yeah. No, we're not gonna talk about that at all. No, no, no. Okay. So let's go on the talk about the news well well we can talk about it, actually. <laughs> um now whilst we've been away, there was a second trailer release, wasn't there? There was. Yes, what do you think of it, Paul? Um it's a second trailer. No, <laughs>
1: um... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, but I mean, what's what you're going to learn? I, I'm so I'm sort of almost like, I don't know whether I really want to
0: watch these because oh, no. I know I, I'm more of a case of, oh, for God's sake, just get on with it now. Yeah. September 19th just can't come quick enough for me now. It really can't. You're not going to
1: learn anything from the trailer, and all they are going to do is, um make you sit there when, when you watch the programming so when's that going to arrive then <laughs> yeah I
0: know when's that I, bit going to happen I know, I know. So, you're, sort of, you're just sort, oh. of for, sort, of, you're sort of waiting for you're just waiting for the series I remember, I remember that bit from the trailer, the trailer yeah
1: Exactly, so I'm, I'm sort of I've watched it once, and I thought I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep sitting there watching it and watching it again because I don't really care. <laughs> to, to, no, try
0: and learn something from the program. I'd rather just watch the program. Oh, I know, I know. I think the only interesting thing that came out of the trailer is there are old, well, I say classic series Daleks in there, which I'm intrigued with. Yes, I'm very intrigued at how what what part they play in the story. So I know it was going oh Daleks again, but. Um, I I like Daleks, to be honest. Um, I just hope it's a good story, that's all. Yeah. That's all. That's all, that's all. all we can hope for for Daleks. I loved um, Into the Dalek from the last series, which I thought was a, a good twist on the whole Dalek thing. Uh, let's hope they can come up with something equally as good this time around. Yes. Yeah, that's all we can hope for. But it's just the the classic series Daleks in there um, that really has sort of piqued my interest. Mm. Mm. So here we go, here we go. So now um, talking of... Um, of series nine bbc america have uh, confirmed the time that they will be airing the magician's apprentice which is episode one of series nine and they're going to be showing it at uh 9 p.m eastern time or 8 p.m central time on saturday the 19th of september and now of course this is sort of um i was now trying to guess what time it's going to be on bbc one um yeah. now it's it's going to be on either side of strictly come dancing isn't it I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's a miracle they've announced which day so far. Well, I know. I know, though. You don't usually find out from the BBC until at least a week before, do (laughs) you? (laughs) Yeah, so, um, as usual from the BBC, absolutely no um, broadcast time. We've got the broadcast date, obviously, but not the time yet. But obviously, it's going to be before or after Strictly. Yes. Um, And I would say, based on what time they showed it last year, it'll be on after Strictly.
1: And after, yeah. So hmm. then I can do a recap or whatever afterwards, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. I honestly can't remember what time Strictly was on last year. I know Doctor Who was on late, wasn't it? I think Strictly was on something like about half six till about...
1: Eight o'clock, wasn't eight it?
0: Eight
1: o'clock, yeah. Yeah. And, and
0: then later. So one thing I can never Sorry. understand. I sort of talk about Strictly. It's one thing I can never understand about Strictly. But the, the, the less contestants that are in it, now they get eliminated each week. The less contestants that are in it, the longer it seems to go on for. <laughs> that's, ju- that's just your will to live kicking in.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or leaving me, I would say oh dear so um, obviously um, if we do get a, a, a time we'll either tweet it or uh, put it on a Facebook group or we'll just announce it on this um, announce it so if we're like the first <laughs> ones to know at <laughs> oh, me you'll put your dinner jacket on on both sides as well as do it <laughs> won't you I'll put my
1: best BBC announcer's voice can we have a little spinning thing of the Hootie podcast going round while you announce in the background what's happening <laughs>
0: Oh God! Yeah, who'd I think? I've got ideas about my station tonight, haven't <laughs> I? Crikey! Right. Okay. Then. Now. Um, next up in the news is now. A few weeks ago, we talked about um, interesting developments in the world of Big Finish and that was the sort of like modern era Who characters are going to be appearing in the Big Finish range now one thing that was announced actually literally just after we finished I think the night after we we did our recording the last of our last podcast it was announced that uh, Strax is going to be in a uh, one of the spin-off ranges uh, for Doctor the Jago and Lightfoot uh, spin-off range now um, which kind of makes sense actually because it's all set in the same period yeah, um, so it's, it, yeah, it's not a stretch to get him there, is no, it? No, really? it's not. It's not um, coincidence, but not a stretch. No, so this <laughs> is called Jago Lightfoot and Strax. Um, basically, the, the brief synopsis is, uh, for this is that the uh, Strax suffers a, a disorientating attack and mistakes the two Victorian investigators for Jenny and Vastra, and I'm assuming that it has with hilarious consequences. It's- <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I, I think I said this when Deep Breath aired last year. I, I think Strax has outstayed its his welcome a bit now. The, the, the it's sort yeah. of like the comedy value has has been, you know, it's been done. It's, yeah. it's been stretched to its limit, and I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't sound that great, to be honest. I mean, I could be, you know, I could listen to it and think, "Oh, that was utterly brilliant," um, hmm. but it does sound a little bit flimsy, doesn't it? It's, yeah, I,
1: he needs to be used little for and for
0: effect, doesn't it? And that'd do. Yes, indeed, indeed. Now, much as I like Dan Stark in The Rogues, I think he does do it well. I think it was, it was, it's, it's a one-note character, Yeah, really. Um, and unfortunately, because of what's happened with Stretch, you can't really take this on Torrens seriously ever again, really, can no. you?
1: Well, it, it probably just needs a good... Yeah, it probably needs a good Centauran story, really. Which sadly we haven't really. No, and and
0: possibly um, I could have put like a oh, again, arc at me uh, a new clone batch, really. Yeah. So you either go back to like the Christopher Ryan clone batch and, and move away from the the Strax batch of clones. So yeah, yeah, because we, we, they did that again in ah um, uh, what was it the Matt Smith last story which I've forgotten the name of now. Tom of the Doctor, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you had two comedy Torrens in that as well, didn't you? Yeah, both from the Strax clone batch again. So, yeah, it, it's become a little bit one note now for me, anyway. I mean, a lot of it's very popular with a lot of people. Um, <laughs> with the makeup people, probably, probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, you only have to worry about the one. I know. And I, and I think any, any uh, chance we had of getting uh, an interview with Dan Stark has gone right out of the clean window that. now, and not it? Yes. <laughs> yes. So we won't be announcing that anytime soon. Well, do you know what? Do you know what? I, th- I think that the, the fact that we, we haven't courted anybody connected to Doctor uh, it means that we can sort of keep our integrity. Oh,
1: oh that's, that, that's it, is it?
0: Yeah. It's not no one of salt to us, it's no. our integrity. Again, arc at me. <laughs> <laughs> integrity putting this crap out each week and I'm talking about yes. integrity <laughs> <laughs> yes oh, I'm dear. not quite sure whether it was one two or three episodes that went out the window no exactly exactly. so um, apparently that's coming on November um, this year and it will be launched at the Doc2 Festival mm-hmm. at the Excel Centre um, which which um, again just to rub everyone's nose in it we're going to <laughs> For those, of you, um, for those of you outside of London. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, actually, um, I, um, I don't know, because I, I completely forgot to mention this all the weeks, you know, months we've been doing this podcast now. Um, you know, Big Finish did that uh, Colin, uh, not Colin Baker, Tom Baker interview that he was signing CDs yes. of and everything. And they've um, released a Colin Baker one. And the, and the big news for me today, because I pre-ordered it, and I've had the the official email today. It's, it's been dispatched. Ah. Yes, so it's a signed copy. So I'm, so I'm getting a signed um, CD copy of uh, um, Colin Baker's interview, which I'm very much looking forward to. And Colin Baker would be very pleased if you can vote which one you prefer,
1: his or Tom Baker,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which you think's the worst. <laughs> Do you know what um, I, I? I think um, Colin Baker's a, a very good um, interviewee. Actually, yes. one of one of you know when, when you've sort of seen him on the on the, like the DVD extras and he's been interviewed for magazines and stuff. And I think he's. I know a lot of people give him a lot of flack over this whole um, um, this this whole list thing. But I, I think if if you actually I've got to be honest, if you based his doctor purely on his TV output you could probably sort of yeah i could kind of see why you are bottom of the list there really but yeah it's another person in integrity won't allow exactly but no but the thing is he he, i've always said this he was very poorly served on the television very poorly served. yeah Yeah. and and his big finish stuff is utterly brilliant yes he's been he's can play the role how he wanted to play it and he's been given some good stories as well so yeah yeah so there you go it's no slight against Colin Baker whatsoever. It was just the no. fact I, thought, I just think the production team at the time let him down, and he, he, yes. he did his best with it. Yeah, you know, and I think I think that's I don't know, I don't know if that's probably the thing that hurts him the most that he tried his best and it sort of people say well it's not good enough, Colin. You know, you know, you know what fans are like, but mm. oh, I don't know, oh, I don't know. So uh yeah, so uh, that's something for me to look forward to anyway. Yes, yeah. So it's so all about me tonight, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Right. Okay, then. So, um, in, in that case, but it's time for me, I for I to go over to Omega's Tech Corner. You pest me with trinkets. Okay, this is like. I a... I say, does, that, does that mean I'm left with the Brigadier?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Going off to wonder whether we're in chroma or not.
0: <laughs> not even the Brigadier, mate. You're left with Captain Yates. <laughs> oh. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's not all bad things. He's for Captain Yates, but... (laughs) (laughs) Right, now, this is actually uh, TAT revisited, isn't it? It is. Or TAT update, I should say. Uh, Now, a few few, uh, podcasts ago, uh, we talked about there was going to be a 12th Doctor Sonic Screwdriver remote, uh, which is basically the 11th Doctor Sonic Screwdriver remote rebranded. Yes. Yes, it, it appears to us anyway. Um, but we now, uh, 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 when we first covered it, there was no um, price for it, was there? No. We, we just had a rundown of what he could do and, and, and so forth. Um, but this is now available to pre-order from the BBC shop. And it'll be um, released on September the 7th. So it's not too far to um, to wait, if you want to order this. But you can pre-order this for the, uh, for the um, I'd say, the pretty handsome price of £79.95. Yes. Mm. I'm
1: not quite sure. How much was the uh,
0: 11th Doctor ones going for? Do, do you know what? I cannot remember. It was a long time ago now, was it? Unless I can find um, the old one on here. Um and I can't. I can find the tenth Doctor Sonic Screwdriver Universe Remote Control, and that's now going for fifty-two ninety nine. I'd have, have thought, save yourself a bit of money and get that. It's really I hot. think so, I think so. I don't know if I can find any uh, I'm just gonna quickly flick through. It looks like um it looks like we well, were right, Paul, they just have rebranded the eleventh Doctor one because that <laughs> doesn't <laughs> actually exist in the shop anymore, it appears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, then they've suddenly got all Twelfth Doctor ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> available for pre-order as soon as they can put them in the new box
0: <laughs> and rub off the fingerprints of the Eleventh Doctor off of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, um, there does actually say it's um, now the the, the the blurb for this one. says so it's a highly detailed and, and completely re-engineered working replica of the iconic Matt Smith stroke Peter Capaldi sonic screwdriver. All I'm going to say is pull the other one. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it does look identical to the previous one. I I honestly can't remember what the list of things it does with it varies at all from the eleventh doctor to the twelfth doctor. I
1: I doubt it. I mean, I mean, how much how much can it do really? Well, how much different stuff can it do? I suppose one of is
0: What else do you want from a remote control apart from change the channel and and change the volume? Really, I mean, yeah. What else do you want, you know, a TV remote to do for you? <laughs> yeah, I, OK, it's it's a nice little knick-knack, really, isn't it? A very yeah. expensive knick-knack, I should say. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I dare say if I was living alone, I'd probably buy one. But I don't live alone. It would be destroyed in five minutes with my kids. So, <laughs> absolutely no point. That would just be 80 quid straight down. The- I might just give them the 80 quid to rip up, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That... I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the first Doctor Pipe remote. <laughs>
0: ah, yes, the manly smell of a pipe. <laughs> oh, you can't knock it. You really can't. So, <laughs> oh dear. Well, that's it. That is it for the news. That is it for Tats Corner. Uh, one. I keep saying Tats Corner. <laughs> Tats. What? What is wrong with me? <laughs> Again, it's all about me tonight. Um, Tat Corner. <laughs> Since we've been sponsored by Tats. <laughs> <laughs> Home furnishings. Really. I'm actually sitting in my chintzy bedroom, actually, recording yeah. this. <laughs> Supplied by Tats. <laughs> oh, there. So that's it. That's it for the news. That's it for Tat Corner. So, coming up next is our review of the Target novelisation of The Awakening. So, for another week, then, that was the news. Okay, and everybody, it's time for another Target review. And as we said previously, this week we are covering The Awakening, which is a fifth Doctor story. The doc- story was actually broadcast um, in, ni- in January 1984 and the target novelisation was released in February 1985, and it's written by Eric Pringle, who adapted um, his own script, basically. Yes. uh, Yes. And it's my turn to kick things off, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, It doesn't differ that much from the televised version, really, does it? It doesn't. But strangely, I did enjoy it more than the televised version. Yes, I did. Um, I think that the important thing to... To remember about the televised version, it's only a two part story. Yeah. And they said the reason it was it was because that they didn't feel apparently Rich this was a four part, but didn't think it had enough content to to stretch out to four parts. So it was cut down to two. I think the problem with that, and watching because what I did, I read um, I read most of the book before I started rewatching the DVD. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed, especially in the opening scenes. Is that on the televised version? It is. It cuts from one scene to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, and it, it, there's no time to to breathe. Basically, no. It doesn't establish really any of the characters. It does, does It does nothing like that at all. But at least the book Eric Pringle tries to um, slow things down somewhat. Yeah. And, and tries to. Um, I'm going to put generate a, a bit more of an air of menace. Yeah. In in the village because you, you don't really get that in the, in the
1: televised version. No. No, the, actually, the, the whole thing with Jane Hampden, when she's searching for, for Ben, yeah. is, really does actually set it up, doesn't it? Which it, you don't get in the TV. No. It's long drawn out. She can hear the hooves coming. Gets more frantic searching, mm. which in the TV programme, she's just sort of looking in a couple of barns, and then the horsemen arrive. Yeah, that's it. But you get the whole thing about the, the fact that
0: she's really worried about what's going on at that stage. Exactly. And there's also sort of things where, when, um, I think it's her and also Teagan later on when they're sort of you know, searching for people and they're, and they're looking inside the barns and everything. And Eric Pringle writes, when they're looking inside, there's this blackness that they, they, they eyes can't penetrate. So it's almost yeah. like saying there's something evil lurking in there and of course yeah. the whole thing is about it's a okay, we know it's a, it's the you know it's an alien species but it's sort of sort of it's woven itself into into legend of like it's like a, a version of the devil yeah really so you've got this whole thing of a sort of like sense of in the book anyway you've got this sense of evil um, and also the one thing that, that doesn't come across at all uh, in in the televised version is that it is extremely hot all the time it's, yeah. almost, it's almost as if they kept in this sort of, like, bubble of heat inside Little Hodcombe. And, yeah, in the TV series, it just sort of, it's, it's just a quaint little village. Exactly. Yeah.
1: but You but, don't even get that, that sort of, when there isn't, when Turlo's running around and there's nobody about, you don't hmm. actually get that feeling that the village is unnaturally deserted you just think oh well you know it's just a nice quiet village
0: or they just couldn't afford the extras yes.
1: <laughs> well i did notice that when when the crowds came out to throw flowers for the queen of mine yeah <laughs> it wasn't quite it wasn't quite as the book built it when you see it on the TV. it's it? not really no sort
0: of <laughs> it's two people running around wasn't it trying to keep up exactly yeah it, it yeah it, it. The, the televised version, it, it does get a bad rap. Do you know what the, the funny thing is? I've also I've had I've done it uh, talk, right. talking
1: to that. Sorry, talking to no, that. It. It's also because in the book, you've got the when the doctor comes across them when they they're building the stake mm. in the village green, and he's trying to he tries to make a, a run to to mingle with the crowd. On <laughs> <laughs> in the TV, just means he makes a dash straight into the middle of the square. Is it? What's going on here then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He must have been waving his arms about, shouting, "I'm
0: here!" <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, look at me! <laughs> yeah, I know it's um, it's peculiar because the 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 TV version because it because it rattles through every scene so quickly. Yeah, um, and as you said, you don't get a chance to establish any of the characters. You don't get a chance to establish any sense of menace, which you should have with a story like this. Yeah,
1: I mean that that, that is what the story is, isn't it? I mean, the actual alien does very very little
0: indeed and i know they couldn't really get the prop to work properly um yeah but I, I like the idea of this thing being trapped in the church walls yeah i like the idea and it tries to manifest itself in in, in certain places like in in um ben's living room and in, and then later on in the tardis um and there's always these other like psychic projections and everything. but even in the book it still doesn't make a lick of sense really
1: no, not really. I mean, it's, yeah, no, it's... it's not overly, as to actually what it is. I mean, in some ways, you'd say, some programmes, you think, oh, that's quite good. They haven't bothered to try and explain. Yeah. But this one probably needed a little bit more. It did. It did. Um... I mean, what, what, the difference with the book is, actually, the book, where the book gets it right, I think, is that it's Sir George Hutchinson that is the menace. The actual creature is not, not really, is is peripherally... Almost like a puppet master to it, but isn't the thing? It is actually what is? How far is Sir George Hutchinson going to go on this? Mm, exactly. You know. Yeah. And it's 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 that menace with him and what his mental state of mind. Well, it's it's really, is, it's sort of like he, it's,
0: it's him and Willow, the, isn't it? Yeah. Joseph Willow is is the other sort of. He's like um, Sir George Hutchinson's heavy. He's he's the muscle, isn't he, Yeah, basically. Um, Do you know what? It's almost sort of like, um, if you think about um, the invasion, he's almost like the the packer of this story, (laughs) isn't he, really, Joseph Willow? He's sort of like the unthinking muscle, a a sadistic thug, basically. I think he's a bit more menacing than packer, (laughs) to be fair. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, he was, um, yeah, Packer was just a, a twat, basically, he wasn't he? Was, he was given a gun and a cosh. If that was Packer it. had been
1: sent to, to Tegan with the dress, he'd have ended up wearing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Teagan would have bamboozled him immediately. Which... <laughs> <laughs> he'd have ended up locked in the room wearing the dress. <laughs> Actually, talking about Teagan, obviously the whole point of, of the Doctor, Teagan and Turlow uh, going to this village is so she can meet her grandfather. Yeah. Go and visit her grandfather. And one of the criticisms of the tele- televised version, when she finally meets her grandfather, nothing's really made of it. No. And however, I'm sad to say, it doesn't really address that in the book either, does it? No. Um, but... It's, yeah, it's it's sort of the forgotten bit of it, isn't it, really? It is, really. I mean, there's no real, um... I keep talking about, my, you know, my grandfather, Andrew Verney, and sort of, he's your grandfather? And it's all sort like, of, when she actually meets him, um... And that was it, you'll never meet your grandfather. And then they meet, and it's like, all right, yeah, not bad, thanks. And that's about the the sum of their meeting, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. The, the only real point. I mean, it's quite, with Tegan getting upset that no one's even trying to look for him is good. Yeah. And then, actually, the fact that it actually gives Ben the chance to show that he actually isn't necessarily following orders completely. Yeah. That he says to her, you know, even though he's holding her captive, look, if it's any consolation, I can tell you that
0: he's safe. Yeah. You know, that he's sort of realizing that actually this is going too far. So that's, that's another thing about that particular character, the, the, the Ben Wolsey character. He never, in the televised um, version, he, you never really get that sense that he's sort of he's, he's changing his mind as, yeah. as the story moves on. But in the book, you do get that. Then obviously, you, in the book, you you can write more about like his, his internal thinking and and everything. He sort of like you know you know what, what's going through his mind, which obviously you can't do on the telly so much. I, I, yeah, I, but um, just by the, sort of the look on someone's face can convey a lot about what they're thinking. But you don't get that in the I think because again because it was so rushed. Yeah, no one was given the chance to do that. But at least the, at least Eric Pringle tried to sort of. Uh, address that I mean well what you don't you know, know actually
1: I mean, it's, it'd be interesting to know how much of the book is the original four-part story well and, it, and was and was that just the fact that because he didn't want to
0: cut any of the plot yeah what he did was cut the character well he, he does there was a lot more character beats um in in the, in the book version and I'm not gonna say this is a great book because it, no. it it doesn't do it doesn't do enough to my mind to address the problems um, of the televised version, but it does improve. Yeah, it certainly does improve. But it, it does it hasn't done quite enough, really. But um, it, it, it it does get
1: more the sense of that they are trapped with this madman. Yeah, the book does, which yeah. I think which I think is really the story.
0: Well, it does. It, it, it which does. I don't think the TV really does. The TV centres on. On the church too much? No, it doesn't. It doesn't really. Um, I, I, do you know what? When I when I was reading this, and I, I got to the end, and then I sort of continued watching the you know the DVD. A, a thought occurred to me that really this book, this was sort of Eric Pringle's chance, really, because if you, if you think about what this is, this is sort of like um possession and like the devil possessing yeah. the Lord of the Manor. Um, he's getting everybody to like do his bidding. Everybody's sort of overtaken with, with war, and um, and you've got this evil presence in the village, and these ghostly apparitions, and and the malice is um, conjuring up um, apparitions of like you know dead cavaliers and roundheads and whatever to you know, and basically end up murdering and everything. And what, what all the way th- when I sort of finished reading, I thought this was his chance to do a Dennis Wheatley. This should have been Doctor Who. Does the Devil rides out? Yeah, because it's the similar sort of thing. And like the Doctor in this was sort of like the like the Duke de Richelieu character. He knew it was going on. He was fighting the evil. He was trying to break the the, the hold that the malice had over Sir George and and everyone else in the village. And I thought I just think it was a missed opportunity. He could have really gone um, a bit more adult with it, if you see what I mean. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose, really, I mean... He could, have, he could have played up the whole possession thing a bit
1: more, I feel. To a certain extent. I mean, you've still got to remember it is still... They still are,
0: effectively, children's books. Well, again, i I, I still reference what Ian Martyr did with The Ark in Space. Yeah. With his extremely graphic descriptions of when Noah was transforming into a Wirren. I mean, that they, they are so graphic. And, again, children's book... Hmm. so again I'm not talking about like blood and, and guts and everything like that but, you know, for, the, for this particular story, I'm just thinking he, he could have played up the possession thing actually if you think about um, the bit where Tegan sees the apparition in the barn yeah that is so much more terrifying in the book than what you see um, on, the, on, the, on the television you just got this like wrinkly old man in a loincloth basically yeah um, and a big, and a, <laughs> well it depends on what your fear is well exactly yeah he <laughs> could, have, could have had no line cloth but yeah. <laughs> imagine being close up with that coming towards you it wasn't a 3D uh, version was it <laughs> but <laughs> but, um, but in the book version it's more like um, uh, when, when he sees like the Tegan sees the tall it's more like, like a, it's more cadaverous it's more uh, yeah. it, it's more horrifying and then she sees the close-up of, of the head that uh, keeps coming towards her. But again, because it's done so... <laughs> I, hope, I hope you... I, yes. <laughs> well, we're back to Cavaliers and Deads again, aren't we? Oh, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but when she sees like, the, the old man's face coming towards her, again, it's more death-like. Yeah. And this thing, it's just, and it's more... And as she's trying to get out of the, out the door, there's more of a sense that this thing is almost on top of her. And it's about to swamp yeah. her before like um, Turlo uh, comes into the yeah. into the barn. Um, yeah,
1: but on the TV, it did sort of come like the local residential home was missing one.
0: In- <laughs> well, yeah, it, it did, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, when she sees like that, it's like lights dancing, um, and she's sort of transfixed with that first. Then this apparition um, uh, forms. And on the televised version, it, it's just like um, well, whatever they could get the BBC Micro to do. Yeah, really, I mean, actually, it?
1: having, as we recently did, watched the Stones stones of Blood, mm, yeah. beautiful. Actually, if they could have recreated that effect that exactly. they used for the... Exactly, Would have worked better. Yeah. I to- and I, you think how many years before that's. I know, to, totally agree
0: with you, totally agree with you. It's just actually special effects gone backwards there. It was. I think it's just this sort of thing, we can use computer graphics now. Yeah, and it's a whole thing of, and I still feel the same now. Just because you can <laughs> it was, it was, doesn't, it mean, doesn't mean you should. Okay. Though I didn't yeah. start
1: joining them up with sort of lines, wasn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you dro- it actually comes as an old man's face, <laughs> <laughs> or, or our stuff tended to
1: be on the on those sort of BBC micro when I used them sort of graphics, a rocket
0: <laughs> or a pyramid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah that's yeah but again it's because it was rushed through so quickly and then that and that scene that particular scene in the book its description which you would expect from a book anyway um it goes into a lot more detail it builds up the menace a lot more it builds up Tegan's terror yeah a, a lot more as well um but in the televised version it's done so quickly there's no time for any impact yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: The, the, the main thing is, is the fact of, of, of in the dark, isn't it, and not being able to see and yeah, what's exactly. There. I, th- I think that that has as bigger build up in the book as actually.
0: Well, it when does. The yeah, the whole lights thing, appear. Yeah, I mean, um, it's what I said earlier on about you know when he described the darkness inside a room, it was impenetrable, and um, and that again another sort of criticism of, of Doctor Who of that time. It was overly lit. Yeah. So there were no real shadows, and there's no, again no sense of dread yeah. on that set whatsoever. Um, and unfortunately, um, this was one of Barry Newbury's. Actually, this was Barry Newbury's last Doctor Who story. And we're talking about set design and everything. Um, and he took early retirement from the BBC after completing this story. Mm. It's a, a sort of like a little little factoid there. Um, but again, I think the sets looked good, but whoever's was lighting them? got it completely wrong again
1: yeah and it's just yeah yeah, and you just don't actually settle into the the whole feeling of any set does it you are just they're not in any set long enough for you to actually build up
0: anything in there no you're not it it just moves on too far too quickly but i mean it's at least the book the pacing is better yeah it's one hell of a lot better but yeah i mean again i think that the way that the the malice is used in all the it's not any real description of it as such, is there? No, it's just something
1: that's lurking in the darkness, isn't it, really? It's
0: really, and I think that works better... Yeah. ...than a big papier-mâché head coming towards you. Yeah. You know, it's all, all sort of trapped behind the wall. I, I think it was sort of... The, the whole thing about the... It's roaring and shaking and, and... It's sort of final desperation at the end when it finally took over um, Sir George Hutchinson's mind... Um, I think because, I mean, Dennis Lill overacts his little socks off, doesn't he? Yeah. In in the TV uh, televised version. But at least in the book, you get more of that sense of he's, he's struggling for his own sanity. Yeah. Really. Um, Which, which I So I like the fact that they, they, they built up on that a little bit more. Because it it just, it just seems like, oh, Dennis is overacting again, you know. And, um, and the way actually, the sort of the way that um, the, um, oh, what's the, uh, the, Yokel's name, um Will Chandler. Yeah, that's it. Will Chandler, sort of like, and in the, t- the TV, he just pushes him over the over the polystyrene wall, and it's sort of like he's almost trips back into it. But in the the book, he actually sort of takes his big dive at him and pushes him in. Yeah. um you know, sort of, I'm still not entirely sure how that yeah, actually defeats yeah, in the, the TV, malice. But in
1: the TV, so he's pushed. Then he
0: stops and it's like, I'm going, I'm going, right? I'm going. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still, can you move that crash map a bit closer, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not entirely convinced why pushing him into the malice actually defeats the malice. Um because, because the I'm the not- malice was working,
1: was getting its energy from the psychic from from the fear and everything and what was the from people yes I so
0: understand first of all that. the doctor
1: obviously cuts him off from the rest of the village yes and that so then his main real source of power is, is he's Sir George Sir George
0: himself so once Sir George is pushed in and killed but I'm sort of, don't know how did that kill him that's never really explained is it it just it's, it doesn't actually say what's on the other side of the wall either does it. It's still not, that's not really explained that well in the book. You just know the malice is inside the church, it's inside the wall. Yeah. So pushing Sir George through the wall into the malice, how yeah. does that kill him exactly? It's never really explained. It's certainly yeah. not explained in the televised version, and it's not really explained in the book either. Yeah. Cause I know what you
1: mean. There's there's a sense of once once one's dead, the other one kills what yeah, the fool kills Fall into him, yeah. Kills Sir George. George, and then once Sir George is dead, then the malice knows it's not gonna, it's it's failed in its bid to mm. take over. Um, whether there is something supposed to be in it that it's when it, it it then looks to destroy itself and its surroundings when it feels it's lost.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would understand that, So it's it sort of if I'm going, you're going with me, sort of sort yeah. of thing. Um. But yeah, it just sort of if they just sort of like said, you know, that the other side of that wall was a, a, a different dimension, and it, the fact that nobody could survive in that dimension—that's why Sir George was killed. That's all it needed, really. A little, yeah. bit. Um, a little bit more background, actually, about the malice. It's so now it sort of come from a different planet and and everything, but it, it didn't really sort of say, well, why that would kill Sir George? You know, I know right. I keep going over the same point here, but it just sort of it's always one of the things that sort of sort of bugged me on the televised version. I was reading the book, I thought, fine, I'm going to get an answer. And I didn't. So I was kind of disappointed with that, really. So, But one of the other things I, I can't actually figure out, this isn't, this isn't actually anything to do with the book, is the fact that this story, why was it released with the gunfighters in, in the Earth Story box set? Um, yeah, I don't know Yeah, There's nothing really else they wanted to release it with.
1: And I suppose they felt they couldn't release a two-part a two- story on and its and, own.
0: And charge... Eighteen quid, how much it is for a normal release? Or so I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's what I presume. And then, so what? What do you put it with? Yeah,
1: I don't know. <laughs> it was the most tenuous link, wasn't it? Oh, they're both set on, on Earth.
0: Earth. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do one about sort of devil possession, or supposed to devil possession, and we'll put it alongside a comedy western. <laughs> yeah. So Doctor Who does Carry On Cowboy, basically. So. Oh dear, but. I'm not going to say it's a bad book, because it isn't a bad book, actually. It's just, I think it's just sort of, it didn't do enough for me to address the issues of, of the televised version. It's, it's a pleasant read. It is, yes. Yes, I, I, I can honestly say I didn't dislike reading this whatsoever. No. To be honest, I really didn't. And
1: I probably enjoyed the book more than I enjoyed the, the series. Yes. The actual TV programme.
0: Yes. As, 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 as,
1: as, as enjoying it as a story.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Um, but I mean, one, there's one last thing I sort of want to cover. Really, is is the the Will Chandler character, which after sort of reading a bit about this um, in preparation for tonight, it's sort of like, and, um, it was John Nathan Turner was seriously considering this character to be a full time companion. Yeah, um, but they eventually concluded that it, these, it's a Chandler's childlike character will wear thin very quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah 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 we've been two
0: episodes yes indeed we've <laughs> been oh, an episode and a half yes um yes expertly it by, actually by...
1: sort of seemed to be almost the most pointless character because i'm not quite sure really how much you actually gained from him well apart
0: from him pushing the only thing is he'd seen it before that that was the only sort of insight yeah. you had he, he through his eyes he'd already seen this happen in the past
1: yeah, the best, actually, also the best bit in the book, actually, for, for this character was where he, you actually do realise what the the big thing we, with him was. Yeah. And it's the the burning of the
0: Queen. Of the main of mine. Queen. yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Um, that actually, if you want your bit of graphic mm. in there, when he
0: talks about the smell of the flesh and... Yes, indeed, yes, there is a, bit, a lot more description on that. Um, yeah
1: actually also which he- you can understand that that is the thing that he was, he's really frightened of it's not it's It's actually he's more frightened of that than he is
0: almost of the malice itself yeah and also sort of like he, he didn't want to relive the civil war again it was yeah. you know he was petrified of that um, he'd seen the malice before didn't want to see that again but as you say it was that um, Queen of the May being burnt at the because stake the doctor goes
1: says to him when he first meets him and he's explaining this and he
0: goes and there's something else isn't there yeah and obviously, that's what you find out later on. Well, actually, also the way that um, Will Chandler appears in the book is is handled better, Yeah. as well. Because you've you because actually I'd forgotten how Will Chandler appears because I'd actually watched it at that point when I was reading the book. So I read this bit before I watched rewatched it again, and it's it's almost sort of like. It, you sort of think, what the hell's that coming out of the wall? You sort of that this like, arm comes through the wall when it's sort of trying to break through. and I've forgotten what who and who and what that was. Yeah. Um, and when it's sort of like it says, "Oh," and this urchin comes through basically, um, and so oh yeah, that's that's the you know the, the Will Charno character. But on the televised version, you can basically see him before he's even put his arm through the wall. Yeah. Really, it sort of ruins the um, the way it's handled. It, it ruins the introduction because in the book it's a real mystery. You don't know who or what it is. It just has this arm, and you don't know what was it human? Is it is you know? You don't know what it is. It's also you know. it's also supposed to be a
1: priest hole, which in the book is actually basically looks like it was a doorway. Yes, it does, isn't it? Yeah. Um, not exactly the most well hidden priest. I, if anyone comes looking for the priest, they're not gonna look between the in the archway there, are they? That's No.
0: Sort of behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well isn't that where all priest holes are on television and books, hmm. isn't it? So yeah, behind the curtain, you know, the little arched doorway.
1: <laughs> At least in obviously the um Pyramids of Mars and the Stones of Blood. There was a there was a secret panel that you had to press something. And exactly. It opened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as
0: it's as a, opposed to as opposed to yeah. There, oh, there's a door. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. The TV version has got a lot of problems. Um, most of which the think is down to finish is far too quick and not a lot is explained. So you walk away mm-hmm. from that one scratching your head. Uh, the book does a lot to ad- yeah you know, quite a bit to address it, but not quite enough for me, really. No. Not quite enough. Um, however, I would recommend it. Yes, I would as well. Actually, I would recommend it. Um, I'd say for a two-part story, it's probably as long a read as, as a four-part stories that we've covered. Yeah. In, as in, in sort of a novelisation form. So, which goes to show just how much he does set the pacing a lot better. mm so yeah, I I I would recommend it. I would recommend this as, as a read. The,
1: the, the scary moments in this as such yeah. have time to breathe, don't they? Yes. And build the terror yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Certainly do. Certainly do. So yeah, so from that point of view, I'd say, yeah, definitely give this give, give this one a go. You might sort, you know, might enjoy this a whole lot more than the uh, than the televised version. Yeah. That's all we can say. So uh should we leave that there, then? I think so. I think so. We'll leave it on on an upbeat note, I think, for once, actually. Um, so, next week, then, we are um, back to our um, Series 2 retrospective. We are. Yes. And uh, next week, um, we are doing The Satan Pit. Yes, so I'm looking getting around
1: for. to that second part of that before the new series starts. I always it'll be next year before we've done that so.
0: yes indeed now unfortunately, do you know what this this series too retrospective now has now gone on for nearly three years. it's <laughs> that, it'll be into its third year before we've actually completed it, so at least we can say we're putting off till next year of rewatching fear her and yes. <laughs> and and the other one i I' just thinking of fear her at the moment, but uh, yeah, yeah. So we've only got like what's it four episodes left of this series now? Um, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm trying not to think really. No, me neither, me neither. So we're, we're putting it off to next year because um, obviously, um, yeah, there's there's other other things to do before series nine starts yes. in September. Then of course, then of course, live so to we'll, hundred, live think. to hundred, I think. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Of course, when series nine starts, we're back to weekly podcasts again. We are. There's no break week, so we've got one break week coming, up, which we'll talk about. Um, sort of, I think next week actually, uh, when we when we do our uh, series two retrospective again. But um, yes, yeah, so the basically that will will be weekly podcast right up until Christmas. Basically, isn't it? Yes. Oh, hmm. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Um, but of course, our our schedule will change as we as we did last series. But we'll, we'll cover that when, when we when we get round to it. Anyway, when yeah. we get nearer to the time, I should say so uh, there we go so that's it for this week then so it's goodbye from me Phil and goodbye from me Paul goodbye who's podcast please visit our website at who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk you can also follow us on twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast and please also join the who's he podcast facebook group the who's he podcast is a member of the doctor who podcast alliance